Hello, everyone, and welcome to the August 2020 edition of Ask the Amigos. I'm here with Amigo Aaron, not really, virtually. Uh, and we are going to answer all of your questions that you've asked on the Discord channel in the past month. So the first thing I have to do, of course, is to scroll all the way to the top. We have quite a few questions this week, Aaron. Mm. Okay. Uh, number one. Which 70s or 80s band still stand, sounds the most modern? Could it be The Cure, Aaron? What are your favorite? All, okay, this, this is a three-part question. So okay. which 70s or 80s band still sounds the most modern? The most modern. And this well, is Simulant asked this question, by the way. Okay. I had, now, he said 70s or 80s? True. I mean, good you have, lord. You that's a, so there's a 20-year span of which bands I think yeah, you know, I mean, which I, which bands from that time period could you turn on the radio today and they wouldn't feel out of place? Uh, practically all of them, if, if truth be told. Listen, I would turn it on. And I would love them, but I mean, m most of the sounds from the seventies and eighties just don't translate uh, into um, into today's radio because radio really has changed quite a That's bit. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. So what? Oh, I know. What? I'm trying to think of one. Can you, okay, do you have anything okay. that comes out? I do. I have one right off the bat. All right. Because I read these questions. I read some of these in advance, so I've had time to think. Oh, I see. I really think it's Pink Floyd. I think Pink Floyd, the way that they produce their records, they were really the first band that their records sound modern in the way that they're produced. Like, they, they don't sound lo-fi. Everything is very lush. Everything is very full. Like, when you listen to a Beatles record, you know that that's, it's from the past because you can hear the lack of recording technology. Pink Floyd really set the standard. But I don't think they sound anything like today's modern radio is the problem. I love Pink Floyd, by the way. You know that. But I don't think they would... If I turned on the radio and heard Pink Floyd, I wouldn't be mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, they fit right in. It, I wouldn't buy it. it, it they don't fit into me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go... Oh, I, to me, you almost have to go into like a, the new wave movement. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I'm going to go with like a more obscure band, but uh, they were kind of f some of the forefront of the electronica stuff. And, and I'm going to go with a band, something like maybe like an information society. Uh, they they kind of melded in a lot of synth, a lot of, uh, uh, I guess they, they were not so new wavy that it was a joke, but they mm -hmm. were not so popish that it was it was 80s crap. There was that there was there was a pleasant middle. Now, he mentioned the cure. Uh, I, uh, the Cure never fit into any decade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I love the Cure. Don't get me that wrong. That would be I one mean, of the last bands that I would yeah, pick, to be honest they with didn't you. Because sound like they, any, they, they, yeah, yeah, they didn't sound I, like anybody. I, I, but I do think that your suggestion about the um, new wave bands, because there are a lot of current bands now, like Muse and stuff, that yeah. have that new wave sound. So right. I think you're onto something there. Yeah, and and then even I was even thinking like uh, uh, I mean again you're going into a, a weird area here. Some the problem with the new wave stuff is if you get too deeply into it, where there's that heavy old synth sound, that wouldn't mm -hmm. cut it today because right. no one's no one would buy it. So you, it has mm -hmm. to be a more modern sampled sort of a thing going on. So that's why I picked Insock. So I'd probably. And listen, Enzoc only had a few hits. Very few people probably you'd heard who Information Society is. Well, did they did they have any hits that I would know? Yeah, they did uh, Pure Energy. They had it had samples from Star Trek in it. They had an album that if you uh you could uh, they had a track on it that was a mo a BBS call. You could put it on your you could put the album. So in they were could... a gimmick band, is what you're saying? Oh no, they were a good band. I I, I really Rich got me into them. 
Mm. You know, I will say, and there's some other bands that were real, like another band that comes to mind, a real a much harder band, but I could see them getting play would be like the lighter stuff from say like a ministry or something real, like almost like an, you know, industrial bands, mm-hmm. stuff like nine mm-hmm. inch nails that would work too, because they would, that yeah, stuff- I mean, Nine Inch Nails, they were technically, I think their first album came out in like 89. So they, they squeaked by, <laughs> but they're I'm firmly, cheating, yeah. yeah, they're firmly, in my mind, they're firmly in that modern you, category. You can see where I'm going here. Like, I, I, I don't like Ministry, for example, but mm-hmm. maybe some of the lighter industrial would work. Sure. But that yeah. industrial movement sort of came in the late 80s, the big yeah. movement. But it was around in the early 80s, if you were... Oh, yeah, well, I mean, that was the whole, you know, Depeche Mode started that with that Construction Time to Get album. That was the Depeche first record Mode to use Mode would the... be another band, but the problem with Depeche Mode is that they do have a lot of that kind of old-school synth in some of their mm-hmm. songs, and that well, I don't think would translate well. But that's another one that was uh, thought about. Uh, they, they yeah, I think I think, I think think a, a song like Enjoy the Silence, you can love, put that out today. Love that song. People, love yeah. the video, too. Yeah. I like Depeche Mode. I mean, I don't like every song they ever did, but I think they've got a lot of good tunes. Next part of Simulant's question is, uh, what are some of your favorite all-time bands? We've answered this one before, but it never hurts to answer it again. Um, uh, so that's his next question. Um, gosh, my all-time favorite bands. Well, listen, there are a lot of, like, a lot of other people's favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, Led Zeppelin, Meatloaf. Uh, um, uh, I love uh, ELO. It's one of my favorite bands uh, mm-hmm. to listen to. Um, I love, uh, I like some, like, I like John Denver. Uh, mm-hmm. I like uh, Hank Jr., some of his anthem songs. I probably think, I mean, when it comes to country, uh, I like a lot of, I like a lot of bluegrassy type stuff. So, like, uh, do you uh, like the whole outlaw country as a genre? Like not the Waylon really. Jennings and not all that really. stuff? No, not mm-hmm. really. Uh, but, but my all time favorite bands, I mean, listen, I grew up in the 70s. So, a lot of like your classic rock bands from that era. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know, I've got like I love like Lady Gaga and uh, 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 some of the more modern stuff. But you know, just that Pink Floyd. You mentioned them. I'm, I always like their stuff. Eric Clapton. Uh, I'll, I always dig him. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, uh, Motorhead. I like their. I like a lot of their stuff. Uh, so I mean, I'm kind of all over the map here, I guess. But what about you? Name some of your stuff. Oh, Beatles. Yeah, I should mention them. Yeah, I, I grew up listening to classic rock um, pretty much my whole life. And so now it's hard for me to say that any of those groups are my favorite groups because they've just been played to death. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and so it, it, like a lot of those bands that you named, I like those bands too. Yeah. But I wouldn't call them amongst my favorites yeah, just because I can play those records in my mind perfectly. Yeah. You know you, what I mean? They've almost been, war- listen, I've delivered pizza for years and you can only hear Immigrant Song <laughs> or or or, or uh, uh, Freebird, so many times. I mean, you know, I heard Freebird for the first time in like about six months the other day, and it was like great. I was like, man, this is a great song. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, after a while, it does wear on you. Uh, uh, I will say that I, my current favorite band of all time, as I've mentioned to you previously, and I love them. I love them. Can't get enough of them. Yeah, Ninja Sex Party. I love those guys. They're awesome. So that that's another band I really like. Yeah. And it, we we actually serve sort of similar tastes in music, don't we? I mean, I mean you like a lot more oh, jazz. Yeah. I mean, but... I, I like a bunch of the stuff that you like, but I yeah. also like uh, probably a lot of stuff that you wouldn't like as oh, well. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, um, I know that. I've seen you play stuff on our on our shared account, <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck is this crap? Japanese uh, jazz. Yeah, there's a there's an Icelandic. I think they're Icelandic uh, gr- jazz uh, group called Coop that do nothing but take samples, like little micro samples of all these other recordings, and mix them all together. 
I, I really love Coop. Uh, there is a, uh, I think that there's a Norwegian singer that I like. His name's Jens Linkman. I saw him a couple years ago in Cincinnati. Love Jens Linkman. Uh, I like a Finnish band. I think that they're Finnish called, uh, Kings of Convenience. They're like a Simon and Garfunkel type, uh, group. Um, I like a lot of, and I guess I would call it independent, independent artists. Uh, Jacob Collier is, uh, I think he's the most talented musician bar none that's on right now. But in terms of like stuff that other people actually would know about, uh, the Beach Boys are my all-time favorite band. Uh, I think that Brian Wilson is a genius. Uh, I've seen him two or three times live. Um, he is vastly underrated in his musical abilities uh, because he sings songs about cars and girls and stuff like that. But he's, he's, he's a musical genius. I've never been a big uh, fan of the Beach Boys, but I know that they're, Listen, try to sing their stuff at rock band or play mm-hmm. it. And I, was, I mean, it's, it's layers upon layers, basically. There's a reason why there's a billion Beatles cover bands and nobody's a Beach Boys cover band, because well, those you, songs are hard to do. The vocal parts are just so intricate. You can have so. a lot of Jack. Yeah. Aspert, aren't yeah. You? Um, Aaron, or uh, Simulant's final question is, will Boat ever do a song from Black Sabbath's bluesy first album as a Patreon song? Unlikely. I would say unlikely. I've, I've never I listened heard anything. To any... I don't know what was on that album. Do you? I mean, I know I like Black Sabbath, but I mean, it's. Well, I guess I guess Par- he's not talking about Paranoid. Maybe they had a, an album before Paranoid. So I don't know. We'll have to follow it up later. You know, just a sidebar on that. You know, I don't really know bands' albums that much anymore. There are some like albums that I know real, like Alanis Morissette. I like El Jaguar. There's some like special albums I know very well. But like overall, if you're like, man, what did you think of like? ELO's third album. I don't know what was on that. I know their hits. I know some stuff mm-hmm. I've heard on on the side. But do you right? Do you memorize the discography? I'm totally different. You know, I'm obsessive about music, especially when I was in high school. Uh, I would buy. You know, this is back when you could you go to yard sales and you get like a whole tub of LPs for twenty five cents a piece. I'd roll in and I would buy every single one of them and I'd take them home and I'd listen to them. And so the bands that I really got into. Like, I can tell you every single Yes album in order, you know, like it's the stuff that I like, I really, really like. Um, I think, it, you know, there's there's definitely um, a gap in my knowledge. And these days, you know, like I couldn't tell you any Lady Gaga songs, like except for her big hits or something like that. Yeah. But the stuff from the 60s and 70s, absolutely. I am pretty well versed in that. Useless information. It's what I it's what I, my currency I, I, I'm I, much like many things in my life. I am the uh, I have just enough knowledge to be dangerous, but that's pretty much yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Frodo and L asks, which actor, male or female, did you have the biggest crush on, either in your youth or in later years? Gosh, I want to think about that one for a minute. You got a thought on this? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid uh, in late middle school and early high school. I was completely in love with Claire Danes on My So-Called Life. I thought that she was the most pu- perfect girl that could ever be created. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm going to say, as I, uh, when I was young, right, I'm probably going to have to say Linda Carter uh, on Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not because she was just super sexy, which she was. She had a cute little outfit, but she also came across as not an idiot. Mm-hmm. She did. She She was hot, but she wasn't like, uh, penthouse pet of the month, hot. She was. She actually looked like a, refi- a sort of like a refined lady. That was part of me. Maybe it's the thing you know, you want. You want a girl like your mom. She right. looked sort of wholesome in a super sexy way. So I, yeah. I, that was probably that was. She was uh, one of the early people I remember thinking, "Holy smokes!" You know, I've never is. 
I've never had a thing for like quote unquote hot girls. Like, I mean, I can look at a girl and be like, wow, yeah, she's, she's really hot. But the ones that I've really fallen for in terms of celebrities have always been the ones that are more sort of down to earth looking, but just, uh, you know, like in some conceivable future, you know, uh, we could get together. Not I'm still me. waiting. Hot there. girls. Love them. Call me up. Um, let's see. Uh, Rushi asks, why does Aaron's audio sound so incredibly low when he's broadcasting from inside his secret computer layer yeah. versus when he's in his hillbilly arcade? Um, well, the arcade's echoey, so that may have something to do with it. Uh, but the, I mean, I, we're on a perennial quest to have not bad audio. <laughs> and so, I mean, I think I sound better now than probably when yeah. that question was asked, but that yeah. can change because I've sounded great before. Uh, so uh, I, I guess the correct answer is, uh, I don't know, but I'm yeah, working I, on it. Well, I can tell you that when you're, when you're broadcasting in your secret computer layer with me, I have control over OBS. And so for a long time, you were just low in the mix and uh, compared to me. And so we've made strides since this question was asked, which this question was asked uh, way back on uh, June 29th um, about that. So, yeah. In fact, Paul, just, Paul just chimed in. We actually fixed that audio. You must have been listening early on, Paul. About halfway through, Bo got it, juiced it up. Or not even that. It was pretty early on, so... All right. Uh, let's Can you hear see. us now? <laughs> uh, Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, asks, as a child, what did you think would be awesome about being an adult but isn't as awesome as you thought it would be? Uh, it's, you know, it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make myself look like an idiot here, but I never really thought about being an adult. Uh. And so I never really looked that far ahead. So I never pondered. I guess having a car probably seemed a lot mm -hmm. more awesome than it is because you're like, shoot, I could get in my car and drive to see my buddies or whatever. You don't think about the other parts having a car like, I'm going to drive to work and I don't get to see anybody. And you surely didn't prophesize the corona coming out. So I'm going to say having a car hasn't been all as great as I thought it would be because I thought I would have just unlimited freedom. I thought I'd be driving across country, you know, stuff like that idiot sort of thoughts of a teenager uh what about you uh, you know this is another one that i've thought about and i've got to say i don't have an answer for this one pretty much everything that i thought would be awesome about being grown up has come to pass like when you're an adult you don't have to answer to anybody you do what you want i mean within reason so like if i want to stay up all night tonight i can't you know yeah. it's not a bright idea it, when you have a car, I mean, of course, you know, you're, you you don't have unlimited freedom, but you've got a heck of a lot more freedom than you did when you were a kid and you were begging your mom to go take you over to your friend's house. Uh, if I want to go over and, and see see anybody right now, if I want to get in my car and drive down to the Mexican border, I can't. Yeah. You know? Uh, I just thought of something that sort of supersedes my car. When I was a kid, I thought I would go to college and get a career and then have a lifelong job like my dad did. Mm-hmm. And then I wouldn't, and so the job wouldn't even be part of the equation. Like that, I, the career was going to be. It would a, just be a given. That's somehow. right. Yeah. And so it was quite startling because I was on the right path uh, with IBM. Mm -hmm. And then it really, it was quite a, a, a wake up call or a slap in the face when they laid us all off and sent the, sent the whole kit and caboodle to the Philippines. 
Right. Because we all thought we would be working for IBM slash Lexmark and retiring there, just like everyone yeah. that was already there who's doing, you know? Right. Right. So I would did they say, give you? Did they give you any option at all at Lexmark <laughs> to stay on? <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention that because we were supposed to have not been laid off, but but the guy that ran my my little area, we were sort of a special complex repair area. The guy that ran it, when he categorized our what we do, he put us in the same category as the line workers instead of as the as the repair as the repair people, and so. Mm-hmm that's what caused us to get laid off. He basically miscategorized us. Oh my gosh. And then ironically, probably not even a year later, I got a call from, I got a call from Lexmark to come back to work. We need you back. We need, we're mm-hmm. building uh, a new R and D and we need experienced people. And you were one of the guys that ran the cell. And I, so I said, I'll do it. I, I had uh, quit my job here. I went down to get an apartment. And then right as I was getting ready to get the job, Someone in their, I guess, in, in their uh, uh, management was like, wait a minute, you can't hire him back. He took a severance. He's got to be off. He's, he's, he can't work here for five years. Mm. And so that happened two times, by the way. So I almost worked at IBM two more times. But, I mean, it's funny. Things work out. You know, I was really upset at the time, but things work Heck out. Yeah. You know, That's awful, man. Yeah. I'm and sorry. And we good, dude. Um. Let's see. Uh, here's the next question from Paul. He says, if there was a book of commandments for the modern world, what would some of the rules be? How about take care of your neighbor? That, that's on my mind right now. You know, it's, it's uh, today's citywide yard sale day in Hurricane. I'm sure you've seen this. Mm-hmm. And all my neighbors around here and all the people in Hurricane are having these big yard sales, right? And... Me, I took, I got Nicar to take Luke to class, a smart jiu-jitsu class. And he goes, Dad, what's all these people doing out here? And I said, it's citywide yard sale day. And he said, but what about the corona? There's not, the, none of these people are wearing masks. I was like, well, uh, they decided to have citywide yard sale day. He goes, well, why didn't they cancel it? That sounds stupid. I, I didn't have, I didn't have an answer. I'm like, I don't know. So that, I guess that's the answer. If you're not thinking, if you're not thinking ahead, and at least trying to make a, a, the slightest effort to help your neighbor. Then what are we doing here? You know, that's so. I would say I'd put that in the book. Okay, yeah, I you know being a person of faith, I think that the uh, the original ten, as it were, are pretty darn good. It, it's, it's a good it's, guideline, it's, even if you're not yeah. religious, boat. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paul also asks in his third question: If you were given one thousand acres of land that you didn't need to pay taxes on but couldn't sell. What would you do with it? That's a great question. You want me to read that one one more time no, for I got you? it. I got okay. it. Okay. What would you do, Bo? You go first on this one. Um, I would probably um, use it to experiment with, and I'm not just being wishy-washy, like I've literally thought about this, uh, experiment with ways of constructing homes that are cheaper and higher quality than what we have right now. So I would, I would open up that land for anybody that has an idea for building like a model structure that you could replicate easily, especially for people with low incomes, because you look at the low income housing around here and it's just garbage, you know, it's like all low income, <laughs> except yeah. for the high income stuff. Well, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, like, you know, Wendy Jill apartments on Main Street or, yeah. you know, Sable Point places like that. You know, how can you build a house for less than $100,000 and make it a good house and give somebody the American dream? That is 
That is a, that's a very nice answer. I'm going to be a bigger jerk. Okay. Because I'm assuming the thousand acres has probably just stuck out in the middle of nowhere. I'd fence the thousand acres off. I'd, I'd pave a road right to the center of the thousand acres. Mm-hmm. And I would put me a house there and I'd be done. That'd be, I'd be the compound like Art Bell. And, 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 and did he live on a compound like that? He did. The Art Bell compound in uh, Pahrump, I believe it was Pahrump, Nevada. Mm. Uh, uh, he had a, he had his little fencing area. I, uh, um, I like what you said, but the truth of the matter is the ability to make low income housing has been, is, is here now. It's better than it's ever been. And it could have been done years ago. They, uh, they don't make this stuff for a reason. Uh, they, uh, we've got, uh, listen, not to get too political or technical, but just the society's all screwed up. We need to make some freaking changes, man. You know, I agree. They're making, they're laser printing little houses and stuff, you know? And if, if I'm watching stuff, if the Europeans can knock this crap out, what are we doing? You know, mm-hmm. well, we're, you know, going yard selling. So yeah, <laughs> very noble though, boat. I liked your, I liked what you said there. Uh, Simulan asks, have you ever driven a Sinclair C5 or seen a Sinclair C5 being driven in real life? No, I, 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 I wouldn't fit in one and I would probably <laughs> destroy it if I got in it. But they are. I, I fell in love with these things. Like the second I saw a video, I was like, oh, my God, that's great. But no, I think didn't our, didn't your boy Neil uh, do a bit where he was in one of these things? Did I th- he? I don't know. Maybe I, I missed that. Did. Okay. Uh, uh, and but I, I know I've seen I, I've seen several people in them, and they're mm-hmm. they're neat. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I I don't think that car would work in America just because of the sheer size of America. We're all big, fat or tall lumbering, and, and we also like to drive incredibly large land yachts. Yeah. I, so, can you imagine by the way having that thing in West Virginia with all these mountains? <laughs> it would no, not go well. No, that, that's no. you need that in a very flat area. Yeah. Yeah. But they look um, awesome. Frodo and L uh, asks, uh, "Would you consider buying a Sinclair C5?" If I had the money, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's sure. Just something I have. I put the kid in it. Let him go to work. Uh, you know, I, the problem with the Sinclair C5 is that it's not a covered vehicle, and we have what's known as weather here. They made in a West little tarpy thing for it, though, as I recall. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. You could put- <laughs> That's like a little tent. Can that you little tarpy thing's not going to not, not do much good when the derecho season happens. That, you could ride something like that in a parade or something. I mean, that would be quite an oddity. That, uh, but, that would be your, you yeah. could have a new career. Just a fat guy in a C5. Yeah. Just like, you know how they used to put the fat guys on the motorcycles? The I remember seeing that every year. in Cowboy uh, hat. No. Right, right. In the Guinness Book of World Records, they were always in there. There was always those <laughs> like, two. Boy, what a dude, record. That dude with like a million cigarettes in his mouth. <laughs> right. You know, that guy was always in there too. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, Paul also asked, we got a lot of questions from Paul and Simulant. He says, Quantum Leap TV series. Whose body would you like to leap into and in what era? It would have to be someone really physically different from me. Really? Yeah, so, yeah because then I could do stuff that I can't normally. Because, I mean... I want to, if, if you're going to jump into somebody's body and you're going to gain all their physical prowess and stuff. Would you like to jump into the body of Dwayne the Rock Johnson? No, uh, no, no, no. I would want to do something more like, uh, listen, I harp on this guy, but I've always found him fascinating. Someone like a Houdini without mm. the skill and, and physical attributes he had, mm-hmm. you know, and the ability to, uh, the ability to do, know all the tricks he knows and all the card stuff and all the escape. 
that you would know, probably be pretty fun. Ever since I found out how he died, yeah. whenever I meet a new person, I automatically clinch my abs just yeah. in case. I thought you were going to say you, auto, you run up and punch them as hard as you can. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I'd like to do? You know what I would do? Yeah. I would jump directly into the body of Donald J. Trump. And, just, and then drive into a mountain? And then, no. <laughs> and then I just start messing with people. I'd be like, I'd start acting normal and people wouldn't know how to react. I'd invite Joe Biden over for tea, tea and crumpets. That would Just be... imagine how much fun you could have if you were Donald J. Trump. Well, you know, it's funny. You know, we don't get very political on this show. We're not going to do it now. But me and you, it's funny. We've sort of, it's in a weird way, we sort of are almost on the same page politically most of the time. I would say that, yeah. And we both were as optimistic as you could be about this guy, given <laughs> our obvious leaning. You know, but unfortunately, the virus has not done him any favors. No. Uh, and, but really, he's just the he's the fir- he's the front man for a whole uh, platoon of crappy politicians that are marching towards us all the time. <laughs> so, you know, you pick your poison boat. That's the way I look at it. Simulant asks, what's the most fun you've ever had on an Amiga? That's a tough question because I've, I can think of three separate times that I've thought to myself, my God, this is it. Uh, playing when I was had just gotten one and I couldn't believe mm-hmm. how awesome it was after playing stuff on the Tandy. I couldn't believe how great this was. So that would be right at the top. Secondly, uh, when I had that PAL 600 and I was just loading up stuff off the, off the GoTech, I was really having a lot of fun there for the brief time that that thing was functional. I had a real good time with that. And then thirdly, and I guess this sort of counts, is once I got everything rigged up on the Unamiga here, my baby, and and just it it all clicks. And for the first time in my life, I could play almost any Amiga thing without a huge hassle. Mm -hmm. That's all I want, Boat. It's just I don't want a hassle. And so that's glorious. So, I mean, if you count that, it's an FPGA. But it's something I think those are things. Probably when when I had just got, I'll tell you, the night Chad came over and he badmouthed the Amiga all day and asked me why I was so stupid to buy one. And then he set up all night playing Hybris. That may have been the <laughs> pentacle of my plea, being happy with the Amiga. Because he, I mean, when I woke up and he said, I want to buy this, I was like, no, <laughs> that was glorious. So that would be, what about you? Uh, for me, they all have to do with social occasions. Um, when I went to Amiga Ireland the first year, two years ago, and I was given such a warm welcome. And then I sat down and somebody handed me a beer and they were playing that game that you hated, but it was actually really fun. That PD game with the lines. I know. And everybody was cheering, you know, that was great. That was glorious. Um, Whenever we're messing around with the Amiga, you know, John will bring his Amiga to computer club and then he'll put up, he'll bring his gigantic network server and start typing in commands on it for no discernible purpose. I love when he does that. That brings me a lot of joy. And probably number three is when my uncle rolled up last Thanksgiving. He's like, I got something for you. And then he rolled in with the Amiga 1000. Yeah. That was the best. That was a yeah. crowning glory. We got real lucky that that couple months there. We really we're paying for it now. But yeah, yeah we get yeah. real lucky. Uh, let's see. Simulant asks, have you ever had a time in your life when you've kind of felt when you've kind of felt a bit famous? No, I don't think so. 
uh, famous? No. <laughs> what about you? Maybe you well, told I me th- when you walked into. This is it, man. This is as famous as we're ever going to get. We're sitting here talking, and people are Joe? listening to what we're saying. Oh, jeez. No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, famous, though? I don't think famous so. Famous means that people know your name, and you don't know theirs. Well, pff, please. I can't remember theirs, is, the, is more likely. <laughs> the, uh, I don't really think of... No, I don't count this as being famous. No, that you're insane then, because yeah. you're famous. You're a superstar in the Amiga world. Oh, Nobody yeah. is hotter than Aaron Dowdy right now. You can't be a smaller potato in, in in any community. But you know, we have a good time, and I do like the fact that we've got a, uh, a an awesome bunch of buddies that hang out with us. Uh, and I will say it's nice to go to like different uh, shows and and Twitch channels and see people I know. That's nice. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wouldn't say famous, but I'd say well connected. How about that? I do. I will accept that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is the. Uh, it's funny when you're a when you're a teacher and you teach in the same community for many years as I have at Winfield. You you are sort of famous because you're known as the band director. Yeah. And so people will approach you and tell you, you know, my kid was in your band and they loved it or stuff like that. Yeah. And you don't know who they are, and that makes you feel good. But. Uh, yeah, I think this show is is definitely the peak of my fame. I can't imagine that uh, that we will we will ever crest the wave of of fame greater than we are at this precise moment. I think you've got a chance to become more much more famous, uh, uh, boat. Uh, but uh, you know, listen, people like me are just happy to be part of the team. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> and so I, I am not looking for any sort you of You underestimate stuff. your power. Oh, you yeah. underestimate you're pretty much like you're the you're the main I would call you no, the number one influencer in the Amiga community. Oh yeah. Like what nobody was talking Ken about Mark the Amiga. And, and, and Steven Jones, all these guys, they don't got nothing on me. I'm gonna influence the crap out of people. Give me a break, boat. I got nobody nothing. was talking about the Unamiga until you rolled in and started talking about your experience Listen, with it. And then everybody got an Unamiga. If Doug. I was the number one influencer in the Amiga community, that'd be the end of the community. Because when that happens, just hang up, turn off the light. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Roll on. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Barkbit asks, who's the most famous person you've met in real life? You've met a lot of celebrities, Aaron. I know you've met more than I have. My, uh... Um, hmm. Well, I'm going to separate wrestlers from this. Uh, but, I mean, I've met, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, he's pretty huge. Uh, yeah. The Rock. I didn't I meet The Rock. Ric Flair. I met him. He's a pretty big deal, even outside of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Campbell. Uh, uh, I haven't now, met okay, let me ask you a question. Of the people that you're mentioning right now, how many of them have you actually been like not in line with a ton of other people to meet, but actually, you know, talk to them by yourself? Uh, of these, none. Yeah. They were all. In, I was all in okay, line. Okay, I was just curious. I'm trying. Like to it wasn't like you were like just chilling and like you were waiting, like you were just hanging out you know, after like a wrestling show. And yeah. Flair just happens to be hanging out there too, like at the bar. You always hear about like Flair at the bar, and you roll up and he talks to him and stuff. You like that. You know who Tom Savini is? No, he's a real super famous special effects guy, uh, and uh, I met him just off on an off chance at at a well, I was at a comic con or something. So it was a fright fest, some kind of crap. But he was trying to get a place to set. Mm-hmm. I, I chatted with him for a few. Minutes. He was a nice guy. 
So there you, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, like I said, I famously, I, I, I uh, uh, used the urinal beside the Hills Have Eyes mutant guy. Does that count? Ooh, he was sort of yes. famous. That is what you put on your tombstone. There it is. I'm sure I'm missing. I, it seems like I've known, met some. I'm not a big like uh, uh, meet the famous guy. You know, I'm not. You gonna, don't chase celebrities. Yeah. No. Well, actually, you do. They're just all wrestlers. Oh, I really haven't done that for decades. I, I mean, if they're at like a, at what, they're at ASW or something, I'll meet them. But you know, eh. they're not real celebrities, like nationally or globally or whatever. Some of the, I mean, yeah, it's it's all it's all relative. Mm -hmm. I mean, celebrities always. What all about relative. you? Um, when I was in high school, I went to see uh, Jimmy Fallon do stand. No, it was when I was in college. I went to see Jimmy Fallon do stand up at OU. It was mm -hmm. when he was still on SNL, and he wasn't. He was. He was just a, a guy, you know. And um, after uh, after the show, my roommate and I were just sort of hanging out uh, outside the, uh, the the venue there. And there was a huge crowd of people because they all they figured he would come out and sign autographs or whatever, and they all went away. And my buddy Tom and I were just, you know, just hanging out and we're like, well, let's just let's just stay here for a while because it was a nice night. And so the crowd went away. And then like 10 minutes after the crowd went out, Jimmy Fallon just walks out. And so we're like, hey, and he's like, hey, guys, how's it going? And I'm sitting here talking to Jimmy Fallon. So we had like a real conversation with Jimmy Fallon. I got my, a, a Polaroid taken with him, too. And unfortunately, that Polaroid has been lost. When I moved to Korea, much like many of the things that I used to own were lost on the sands of time. But that is the most famous person I've actually sat down and, and had a chat with that was not in a con-like atmosphere. Con, um, yeah. I, uh, I met um, Joe Manchin and talked to him uh, <laughs> when he came to Winfield Middle School. He came to the band room, checking yeah. out the band and stuff. Um, I mean, he's definitely the most powerful person I've ever met before. Um, but... I'm much like you. Uh, if I met, there are very few celebrities that I would get weak in the knees from from talking to. Yeah, and they're all musicians. Like if I could, if I could meet like McCartney, I would definitely go into the Chris Farley mode of just like, remember when you were in the Beatles? That was awesome, you know. Um, uh, like Prince, yeah. if I could talk to him. Of course, you know all the all most of the guys are dead. That would be like. I always wanted to meet Tim Curry. I was I've always been a big fan of Tim Curry. So he was still. He's still alive. Yeah, he's isn't still he? alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Duncan the Dunk asks, "Oh, now this is a great question for you, Aaron. Have you ever thrown somebody out of your home? Why?" Yes, absolutely. I can tell you who and when and why. Okay. When I lived in Lexington, I used to have a pirate cable box. I know you're stunned at this. And so we would come back. We would all get off work at Lexmark at at, at uh, four a.m. <laughs> and we would come crowding into my house, and we would everybody would get together, and we would watch wrestling that I had taped that earlier in the night off the pirate mm -hmm. box. The, this is when wrestling was a real big deal, right? This is the Monday Night Wars, and right? Nitro also just and came all over that. Because that they wanted to hang out, and I always had a big crowd over over at the pad. That was back when you had your good house, right? Well, is that when you had your house, house in Lexington? No, I mean uh, like when you had your arcade, you had like the arcade machines in no, your house and all that. that. Oh, so okay. I, I didn't have, a, I was renting a house. Anyway, okay. the cable box had this problem where sometimes you would get these real thick lines to what you recorded, and that had happened on the pay per view. So my, our good buddy Leroy was there, and Leroy was trashed, trashed, and he kept bugging me and hassling me and badgering me about the quality of this video, and finally. 
uh, I, 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 I tossed him. Uh, and I, I believe my words were, uh, you've got a problem. Get your uh, inebriated wino blankety blank blank out of here, you degenerate bum. And then I, and I booted him. <laughs> Mm. And so, and he, we laugh about it now because we're still good buddies. But yeah, mm-hmm. he he comes to mind. He did get the boot. Uh, I've never the closest I've ever come was at a megathon. Bring it came <laughs> from said, the desert. Just, I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> I was very irate at the Chud and John Marshall because they were talking oh, about. I thought some... you were gonna talk about. I thought you were talking about Hat Chad. No, no, no. I was talking about the, the Chud and John Marshall because they were talking about Star Trek or something. It was something totally innocuous. But I was trying to concentrate on the game, and they were talking about something else, and it was making me very, very upset. You get you get and... weird about that stuff. I that I, I like conversations about star trek especially when you're playing a video game that's the perfect accompaniment to a video if i'm game playing play. something like galaga or something cool go for it but if i'm playing something where there's text on the screen i've got to read what's going on plus it came from the desert and i hate that game anyway tell, do you think the pressure of the amigathon that year combined with the fact that you've been up for a bunch of hours and you're playing a game you didn't like may have contributed to your it angry might have outburst. contributed a small amount to yeah. that to that event absolutely Chris Folds asks, what has been your favorite summer vacation? You want to go first on this one? Um, I loved uh, France. I thought France was great when we went in 2018. I loved spending a couple days in the countryside in that chateau. Uh, I loved our Airbnb right in the middle of Paris with the accordion players and the baguettes. Just akimbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a great vacation. Um, I would say probably... We had a good time this week, but uh, I would probably say when we went to, uh, I had a real good time in Charleston uh, when we went down there, going to uh, the island and stuff was real fun. But I'd say probably Car- our trip to Carolina Beach a couple years ago, that was a lot of fun. We did we smashed everything you can smash into a week, uh, plus the beach, and it was fun. I'd never been there before, so I would probably say that was my favorite. I had some when I was younger, you know, with me and my buddies would go out, but I don't know if I'd count this as a, as a vacation per se. You know, I'd say with the family it'd be a vacation. So I would say the the one that the one to Carolina Beach. I had a good time down there. It's funny the house we were in got flooded and then torn down just oh. last year. Yeah. So uh. wow. Uh, Graham, he's got three questions. Aaron, the dub, the web key. Uh, he says, "Have you ever needed or wanted to downsize your retro collection, and if so, why?" Do I need to? Yes. Yeah. Have you ever needed to? Uh, every uh, perpetually, uh, mm. frankly. Uh, you you know I don't like to throw stuff out because I and it, and you hear a lot of people say that, but I mean I'm always afraid I'm going to need something, and I almost mm-hmm. always do need that something. It's amazing how having all this crap sitting around how much you need. Right. Um. Listen, I've got over my over my shoulder here that I'm wiggling my right shoulder. There are I like the way you wiggle that shoulder. Cloth bag, all right, and in these bags are, amongst other things, cl- some classic Amiga One Thousand hardware, right? SCSI interfaces and uh, RAM expansions, some other crap, all right. Which uh, it's great, but I, it's in a bag. Uh, I've got bags full of car. I've got stacks of cartridges and stuff for systems I have multi cards for. I've got cabling like you wouldn't believe. Uh, I've got uh, I've probably got twenty five PlayStation joysticks sitting around here in you know various places, you know, and I could go on. Uh, 
none of this stuff needs to be here. And when I, if I got rid of it, it wouldn't affect my overall enjoyment of the hobby for the most part. Uh, but where before, you know, I've sold stuff and regretted it. And so now I'm paranoid about selling stuff, which is not good. Uh, boat. Uh, so, but yes, I, it, it is, uh, I don't have a big house as you know. And so it's a perpetual issue as to where to put this stuff. Uh, but I'm working on it uh, all the time. And I will eventually probably part with some of this stuff. Uh, just like I parted with that Amiga 500, I finally sold that. I've got two Amiga 1084 monitors here. I don't know why. I don't use either one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, So I'll probably end up having to sell those eventually. Uh, it, me and you have different philosophies on, on that sort of thing. Uh, your philosophy, I think probably the best philosophy, the one somewhere in the middle. It's mm-hmm. where it'd be like, it's okay to sell some stuff, but don't go crazy. Whereas right. you like to, you'll get rid of everything like that. And I won't yeah. get rid of anything like that. Yeah. I, uh, I've only had to sell things once in my life. Uh, and that was when I moved to Korea. Uh, <laughs> when I moved to Korea, I needed cash. I was broke. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I let most of my stuff go. The only things that I kept were uh, my NES, my black box NES boxes. I sold the carts. And uh, my Activision 2600 collection, everything else went. My GameCube collection, my GBA stuff, all of that stuff went away. Um, and uh, now that I'm in a place where I have lots of room, uh, I, I Flack said on his uh, one of his uh, most recent podcasts that whatever house he moves into, he fills up the space. Yeah, and that is definitely true yeah. because since I've moved down here and we have the the basement down here, uh, I have filled up every nook and cranny with with stuff. And so um, at some point, we're going to move out of this house. And when we do move out of this house, we will undoubtedly move to a smaller house. I don't think we'll ever live in a house this size again. And uh, some stuff is going to have to go. That's why I swoop in, Boat. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, as it is now, uh, I'm pretty happy with my collection. Uh, I don't have any great need to sell anything other than maybe the Plastic Fantastic. That, that bothers me that I bought that. I, that's, that's my Socrates. That's my regret. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, but I don't regret selling my stuff when I moved to Korea. I had to do it and uh, I did it and I had a great, great experience living overseas. So, uh, he also asks Ram, he says, I believe the Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance are the best handhelds ever made. Do you agree with this, especially after using a Switch? The Game Boy, which ones again? The Color and the Advance. The Color, no. Certainly not. Uh, and the early advance, no. Because yeah. they, I demand a backlight. Yeah. I demand it. Uh, I'm going to look at this from the perspective that we don't have all these cheap Korean handhelds mm-hmm. uh, or this weird, wacky $200 unit. Um, listen, the GBA is, a, is, is pretty darn good. And yeah. It's got software to beat the band. However, I would contend that the best ever would probably be the DS. That's a tremendous handheld. Battery mm-hmm. life, the screen's there. Uh, it's It's got a great library. It was very uh, cunning and, and and unique, I thought. And and along those lines, the 3DS, I know some people are kind of down on the 3D parts of that, but I always thought it was kind of slick, frankly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, the boy's got a 2DS, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but I like the 3DS. I like the clamshell uh, better than the GBA's gimmick. I think it's easier to protect it. I know some people don't like the hinges, but for me, I like the, you know, it is what it mm. is. Um, so I would probably say 
that my if I had to pick one, it would probably be the 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 two the two or the DS. And I'm not going to include the the 3DS in there because that's uh uh I think that I think the original DS is 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 a winner. What about you? Uh, I want to go with the DS Lite. The DS Lite has a much <clears throat> yeah. better backlight. It's got much better buttons, and it has GBA backwards compatibility. Right. Yeah, that, um, that's a good I one. used. I use a DS Lite for probably six or seven years exclusively mm-hmm. as a portable, all the way up until I got that, the PSP. And uh, it, it's a very, very good, uh, good functioning. And plus, it was the first GBA to have a, uh, uh, a chargeable battery, lithium-ion battery. Now, the, that was huge. The Switch is a more than capable little unit, uh, but my experience with the Switch is, is low. I mean, I, my kid's got his. He likes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, um, Really, if you want, I mean, nowadays most the thing he plays with the most is is the phone. That yeah. trumps everything. He's got a it 2DS, does. he's got a DS, mm-hmm. he's got a Switch, and he plays with the phone more than anything. So there yeah. you go. And finally, uh, Graham's third question is: Aaron, how is the Unamiga working out for you? Do you plan on getting any further FPGA gear? The the Unamiga is uh, it's changed my gaming permanently. I mean, and I say that with all due respect to authentic hardware, because you know I've got plenty. I don't have to. I don't have to bow to no man when it comes. To, I've got authentic hardware out to beat the band. Uh, but as you know, I've never had any problem with FPGAs or emulation, not a bit. Because when you're, and you know this, but when you're when you talked about selling all your stuff because you had no money, both of us have been up and down the road financially, and I've been there where you had to part with everything you got because you don't get no money. Or like I sold my first Amiga One Thousand to get money for Christmas gifts, mm-hmm. and I was flat broke. Uh, and so when you come from that background, you don't get a choice to what you uh, you you don't have a belief system. You know, you just play whatever you can get hold of. So I don't have a problem with FPGA or emulation. And with that said, the the Amiga is for me it's the perfect Amiga. It plays all the stuff. It displays on my screen the way it's supposed to look. I've seen games I've never, ever seen correctly before because they were too big a hassle to load before. I don't have to worry about memory. I don't have to worry about uh, AGA. I don't have to worry about processor speed. This thing runs about between 25 and 30 uh, megahertz, plenty of speed. Everything is snappy. You can you can switch between all the different kickstarts. You can switch between all the different uh, uh, chipsets, uh, and it comes right up to my game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it also has good, nice monitor output, and lets me have two joysticks plugged at the same time. And has hard, you know, hard drive files, and has a built-in uh, floppy disk reader. You know, I mean, you know, image reader. It covers every base and fits nicely into my Amiga 500 case, which was probably destined to get sold and parted out. This thing mm-hmm. got a second life because of it, and it was cheap on top of everything else. So yes. The Unamiga, an unqualified success, Boat. I love it. I love it. Except for being broken when I bought it. Um, And uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Ask the Amigos. We will see you in a couple weeks for uh, August Part 2. Adios. We're not actually leaving. We're we're, we're splitting this video up into two 45-minute chunks. Okay. How'd I do? Did I win or lose? You won. Oh, boy. Delamort got mad at me. He said I was calling you a big fish in a small pond. I think that's probably a little too generous. I'd say I'm a, I'm a minnow in a small pond. No. <laughs> Come on, boat. 
the Amigos. We don't have any Jack. <laughs> well, we got how much Jack did we have before the Amigos? Oh, we've got more than we did, but not right. I mean, I'm just saying, but I, I'm not having delusions of grandeur here. Listen, I mean, man. and also you're the big dog. You told when you told me you went to Ireland and it, you got this warm. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the Irish knew who you were. I was stunned. I couldn't by believe that. it either. I was stunned by that. Okay, so here we go. Hello, everyone. Actually, no, we're going to stop this and we're going to start again because I'm going to stop this recording.